Well, good morning. I'm, I'm, all, I'm good, Eric? Yes, I, yes, okay. Well, I'm glad to be here with you this morning as we, there I am, as we start our new series called Who's the Judge? Uh, for the next three weeks, we're going to gain clarity about what the Bible says about judging and really judging others because perhaps you've heard it said or maybe you've even said it. Well, who am I to judge what they do? Are you ever heard that before? You ever said that before? Yeah, maybe you've thought that and you say, well, who am I to say what they're doing is wrong? And I have to be honest, I wish I knew this when I was in high school, this whole idea that Christians could say or people who say they're Christians can say, well, who am I to judge? And like get away with that because I promise I would have used it on my teachers all the time. For instance, when they brought me that math test back, I would have said, well, who are you? to judge my grades. When they caught me smoking in the bathroom, who are you to say I can't smoke in the bathroom? My faith tells me that you should not judge me. Therefore, you cannot comment on my behavior here in this high school. How many of you think that would have worked? How many think it would have worked if you would have told your mama, right? Who are you to judge what I do? Right, it, it won't work and so we know that when Jesus says not to judge, we, we know by common sense that he's not saying that a school can't fail you if you fail to test or a school can't suspend you if you do something you're not supposed to. Like we know that happens and, and we're okay with that. But yet when it comes to Christians and well, people following the Bible, we get kind of like, well, I can't say that they're doing that wrong, but a school can tell them that they're doing this, or, or my work can say that I'm supposed to be here at so time, and if I don't show up at this time, then I understand if they discipline me. Like, I understand that is, I understand that, but when it comes to the Bible and following the Bible, I mean, well, who am I? It's, it's interesting, isn't it, how, like, school or your work is sometimes more important than the Bible. It's interesting, isn't it? So that's what we're going to talk about it for. Because when we say that, well, who am I to judge, or who am I to say that is sin, well, perhaps we're kind of mis misusing what Jesus said. And so that's what we're going to talk about it for three weeks. Because this topic is very misunderstood. And in fact, one scholar says the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today is one of the most misunderstood and in fact misquoted passages in all the Bible. And I think he's right. In fact, I know he's right. Because one of the things all of us wrestle with, Bible readers, if you read your Bible, even try to read your Bible, you wrestle with this. We all wrestle to properly interpret the scriptures. Because we know the Bible is important, we go to it with a sense of seriousness, right? Like, what is it trying to tell me? And then we can realize that, well, this was written thousands of years ago, and I don't really understand everything that happened. So one of the things, one of the challenges that you do, I do, we all do, it's for context, we got to understand what they were saying back then, what this meant back then in order to, to apply it today, right? It's context, and you know this, and just to give you a kind of heads up, today's going to be very teaching. I got a lot of quotes, so I might bore you just a little bit, and I, forgive me for that, but this is very important to get this right because it's going to be the next two weeks we're going to build on it, okay? So today's very much teaching, and you'll be able to prove to everybody why they were wrong, Right. Some of you enjoy doing that. I know who you are, okay? Why they are wrong and kind of what they think. 
But for instance, take this, Matthew 7, 1, it does say this. Look, it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. We're not there yet. We'll get there in a second. Wouldn't it seem, that would seem to settle it, right, that Jesus says not to judge. And if he says don't judge, that means I'm not supposed to judge. But as you know, and as we're about to read, context is everything. Sure, Jesus says not to judge, but that's not all he says. For instance, Tyler's my youngest. He, if he comes into the kitchen, which he does this, comes in the kitchen before dinner and he goes into the cabinet and starts rustling around the cookies, I say, Tyler, what are you doing? He says, Mama said I could have a cookie. I'm like, oh, did she? I'm like, babe, 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 did you say Tyler could have a cookie? She'll come run around the corner. No, I didn't say Tyler could have a cookie. I said he could have a cookie after dinner. Well, yes, she did say he could have a cookie. She didn't say he could have a cookie, how he's applying it. Y'all ever been there? Y'all ever seen that with kids? And you younger kids know that you do that at your house all the time because what happens is when Tyler gets caught, it's very different. He's my youngest, if you didn't know. Very different than my oldest because they are fear, like I got caught, I'm in trouble. My youngest, he just smiles. He's like, I got busted. No big deal. Just kind of walks away, smile. And I'm like, man, you youngest kids get away with everything. If you were an older child, any older child, the oldest sibling in here? Yeah, the youngest get away with everything, don't they? Yes, that's how we feel. We're going to move on now. So sure, Jesus says, do not judge. That's not all he says. Context is everything. You see, we're going to jump into the middle of one of the most famous sermons from Jesus. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Even if you're not familiar with Jesus, you're not familiar with Christianity, you would probably agree with the ethics that Jesus teaches here. It's Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Check it out. You'd probably enjoy reading and learning what Jesus actually says. And it's, and it's groundbreaking. What's very important to understand on the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus. Listen, Jesus clears, clearly teaches people what to do and what not to to do. He clearly teaches people what is wrong and what is right. He talks about anger. He talks about lust. He talks about divorce, lying, revenge, loving our enemies. We all wish that part wasn't in the Bible. He talks about giving, praying, fasting. He talks about why you shouldn't worry. I mean, without a doubt, Jesus is clearly telling people there is a right way to live. And there is a wrong way to, the, to live. And within that same sermon, he comes to this. We're going to read, the, uh, we're gonna read these six verses, then we're going to walk through them in a minute. He says this. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Verse 4. How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You, what's that word? Hypocrite. We've heard of that before, right? You hypocrite. Look at what a hypocrite is in context. Pay attention. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Now, just an observation, that verse 6 is never like a scripture memory verse that anybody's ever been taught. Right? It's one of those ones you're like, are you? That's in the Bible. Yes. Yes, it is in the Bible. 
But notice Jesus does say not to judge. We're like, yeah, we read that. But he also tells us to help our brother with the things going on in their life. Right? You remember he said that? Take it out of yours, then you can help them. And unless Jesus is actually telling us how to feed dogs and feed pigs, Jesus is telling us to discern something about other people. We'll get to that. Here's what New Testament scholar says. Scott McKnight. Oh, yeah, here we go. He says, many in our day climb under the moral shade of Matthew 7.1, which is the do not judge, to take the supposed high road and saying, I'm not the judge. Those who take the supposed high road may be missing the whole point of Jesus' words. Sin is sin. And one cannot follow Jesus and turn a blind eye to sin. What Jesus is calling us to hear is not the absence of moral discernment. After all, he concludes our passage with the permission to help with moral fallings of others. And then he turns around the very next verse and refers to some people as dogs. So this, and you know, we, we climb under that moral shade of, well, I'm not supposed to judge. But that's, that's not all Jesus says now. So let's walk through this verse. Matthew 7, verse 1. Do not judge, there's our word, or you too will be judged. And the word judge here, everybody agrees, has a range of meanings back then like it does today. So I have another scholar I'm, I'm going to be quoting a lot. I told you that in advance. McKnight says this. The difficulty is determining which is in mind. And we get nowhere if we don't, this is important, admit that Jesus rendered strong moral judgments of others. Calling someone a hypocrite, is that a strong moral judgment of others? Jesus did it quite a bit. So Jesus did render that. He did that. If we don't admit Jesus rendered strong moral judgments of others and that he compelled his disciples to know the difference between what is good and what is bad. In fact, the whole Sermon on the Mount is just that. And so with that today, I am going to walk you through some work. I'm going to show you how we get to this idea. And again, the reason why we're spending so much time on Matthew 7-1 is because it's so misquoted and it's so misused. I need to build a solid argument. I feel like I'm arguing with all of you today. Okay, that's, that's how we're doing this. I want to build a solid argument for you to go, ha, ah, maybe Jesus is saying something different than I've been taught my entire life. So I want to look at this. Because this word, judge, can rule, it can mean like a judgment from the judicial system. You think if you went to court and you said, how dare you render a verdict to me, judge? Jesus said, how do you think that would work? Yeah, it wouldn't work at all, would it? Yeah, it can rule court rulings, it can mean condemn, it can mean discern. But by taking other things that the Bible does say, and with the process of elimination and some critical thinking, we can figure out what Jesus is saying here. Number one, we know that God has told us, or God established governing authorities. Do you remember learning that a couple weeks back when we did the whole, judge, um, whole political series? Yeah, God establishes governing authorities. So clearly God can't be saying we establish governing authorities, yet governing authorities can't rule. And they can't make a decision. Well, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? So we know it can't be talking about judicial systems and court rulings. 
Nor can it be saying not to make moral discernments. Because look what Jesus says in just a couple more verses. Verse 15, chapter 7, verse 15. He says, watch out. Which means I'm supposed to be looking for something, right? Paying attention. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Verse 20, he concludes with this. Thus, by their what? By their actions. That's what fruits mean. By their actions, you will recognize them. So Jesus says we should be paying attention to the actions and the behaviors of other people who are claiming to be Christians to see if they truly are from God. Well, that sounds like a judgment, doesn't it? But yet Jesus says to do it. Right after, he says not to judge. So he has to be saying something else. Look at John 7, 24. It says this. Stop judging. This is Jesus. Stop judging by merely appearances, but instead judge. Hold on, Jesus. You said not to judge. But here he says don't judge by human appearances. Ah, what's he talking about? He says, but instead judge correctly. So there is a proper way to judge. Look at what Paul says in Galatians 1.8. He says this. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, then let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, then let them be under God's curse. And so Paul clearly says that when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the teachings of Jesus, when it comes to talking about who Jesus is, we need to pay attention. Because someone comes and says, well, well, Jesus, he's not really, you know, he's not really God or he didn't really die for your sins. Paul says, no, watch out. Watch out, there is a correct gospel. There is a right gospel. Look what he says in Philippians 3, 2. This is Paul again. He says, watch out for those dogs. They called people dogs. Do you see that? Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Good luck spinning that to be positive, right? Paul was pretty forceful. Look at what John says, 1 John 4, 1. He says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone into the world. And this is so important. We see that several times the Bible tells us to watch for false prophets, which means we have to evaluate people's behaviors. We have to evaluate what they're saying. And are they promoting Jesus? Are they promoting the gospel? Are they promoting something else? You say, well, who am I to judge? Well, no, no the, they tell you to pay attention. The idea that the world is just great and people are just nice is not the biblical worldview. This is so watch out, pay attention. These things are going on. And so what we've learned so far is that the word judge cannot be speaking about judicial rulings. God established that. It also can't be speaking about moral discernment or exercising judgment about how people behave because the entire Sermon on the Mount says there is good and there is a bad way to live. The whole thing's about that. There's unrighteous and righteous. And the early apostles teach that we need to be discerning and make judgment about false teachers and about the Gospels. In fact, we're not just told to do this. We're, we're mandated to do this as Christians. So then what does Jesus mean? We'll read two scholars. McKnight says this. He says, do not judge refers to the passing. Excuse me, this is Leon Morris. He says, do not judge refers to the passing of harsh, adverse verdicts on the conduct of our fellows. 
The verb is used not only generally of a passing verdict, but specifically of passing an adverse verdict. Here's the important word, condemning, condemning. And it is this that Jesus is forbidding. The present imperative gives the sense, do not make a practice of judging. One more, McKnight says the same thing. He says, hence I suggest the best translation and context is, do not condemn or you too will be condemned by God at the judgment. Without this nuanced difference between discernment and condemnation, we run the risk of, and tell me, you've seen this, number one, becoming mute on moral judgments. Especially in our family, we got to watch for that. And number two, missing the powerful warning about assuming that we are God. And what if, what if this whole judgment thing is really about us trying to take the place of God? Oh, now this makes it a really big deal, and we'll see why it's forbidden. We'll see why he stops it. You see, we are not to condemn people because we can't. We aren't God, by our own moral authority, by our own insights, by what we think or what we believe, we cannot and should not condemn people. I should not pass a bad verdict on you just because I feel and I think. How does this work? How about this? This is going to sting a little bit. Forgive me in advance. Well, I don't think... I don't think they're dressed right for church. You ever heard that said? Not here, right? At another one. You ever heard that said somewhere one time before? Ever? Okay. Yeah. First question is, by what authority do you make that judgment? It's not the Bible. So what authority are you claiming to to be talking about someone's dress? Well, I think that is what Jesus says is forbidden. Because of your personal preferences, you were now passing a bad verdict on somebody else? Who are you taking the place of there? Well, who's the only person by their own authority can pass a verdict on somebody else? God. Because even our judicial systems, they have the constitution and laws. They're not doing it based on how they feel. They're doing it based on laws. The only person who can Create is God. So, I mean, the whole point is when you were saying, I think you should, or I'm condemning, or you shouldn't, I am now being God. Jesus says, no, that is forbidden. How about this? You heard this? The preacher, he, he must preach behind a pulpit. Ever heard that before? Yeah, once. Okay, I understand. By what, what authority do you make that claim? Well, you know, I, forbidden. That's exactly what Jesus is speaking against. By your own moral authority, by your own preferences, you are now passing judgment on one of God's children. See, the truth is, this is what the church is absolutely famous for doing. This is what we get in trouble for. As nobody that I know Christians have beliefs, and we're pretty clear about our beliefs. People understand those. What they don't understand is us nitpicking people about silly things. How about this? 
What's the next one? You shouldn't steal from work. You say, well, what authority do you make that judgment that I shouldn't steal from work? Oh, the Bible. The word of God says you shouldn't do it. Ah, correct. Because now am I making judgment based on my personal feelings about stealing? No. But am I basing my, what I'm telling you or how we're acting based on God's word and his authority? Yes. See, when I'm referring to the Bible about not stealing, now I'm basing it on God's authority about what he said. And some things he just doesn't speak about, for instance, what you wear or what you preach behind. And it's those kind of judgments is what God is forbidding. He is the only one who is able to dictate and say what is right and wrong. Leon Moore says this. He says, what is forbidden, one second, is censor, censoriousness. Censor. Yes, I had to write it a different way. How many of you actually knew this word beside Doug? Anybody? I, it took me about five years to figure out how to pronounce this. It was horrible. I had, anybody ever YouTube, how do you pronounce? And I've done it like 15 times and I get it wrong. So I wrote it the, the way I think it should be spelled. But it's censoriousness. And what this is, is the readiness to find fault. What Jesus is forbidden is a character trait that I want to look at what's wrong in everybody else. You ever met those people? If you haven't met them, you probably are them. That's how that usually works. I've never seen that before because you're doing it for everybody. You're taking care of it. That is being overly critical, looking for reasons to make adverse judgments on people and making moral judgments upon your own authority. You see, what Jesus is doing here, he's telling us to get rid of our judgmental, critical attitudes where we always want to point out what's wrong with other people. And while we're on it, I might as well say it. Gossip is then when you take those judgments and you call that person, did you see? Can you believe? Not that you've ever experienced that either, right? But that's how they go together and they're just hurtful and harmful and they're just not of God. And this just makes sense when you think about character. Think about it. Can I feel pride in my accomplishments? Well, sure, God wouldn't have given us the ability to have kids, right? Do, do we feel proud of our kids? Of course we do. But I'm not supposed to be what? Prideful. Can I get angry over a situation? Well, of course I can. But should I be known as an angry person? Like my character is full of anger? Well, no. Can I boast? Well, if not, tell me what a resume is. But I shouldn't be boastful. It's this character issue. Can I exercise judgment, even moral judgment? Of course I can. But should I have a critical, judgmental character? No. We'll continue. Verse 2. Jesus says, do not judge, verse 1, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. Now, what this is, is Jesus is saying, when we are quick to call other people into account, we are now quickly inviting God to call us into account. 
When I am critical in judgment of you, I am now declaring, hey, God, come be critical and judgmental of me. And the word picture here of measure is really cool. The idea is, is, is for farmers, it's agriculture. So, for instance, if I was going to buy grain from Chuck, and Chuck was like, here, I'll sell you this much grain, and I'm going to use my scales to measure the grain. And then you use your scale to measure the money. How many of us would do that? You're like, no, we're going to use the same scale. Because if it's off on you, it's going to be off on me. And if it's off on me, it's going to be off on you. But you're not going to use your own, and I'm not going to use mine. There's no way. We're going to use the same scale because we're going to make sure it's fair. And this is what it's doing. God's like, all right, well, you want to be overlaying judgment or critical? Then I'm going to use your scale, the one you created, the one you produced, the one that you're applying to others. I'm going to use that scale, and I'll apply it to you. To which we go, uh, No. I want grace and mercy and love. He's like, well, then you should what? Show grace and mercy and love. It balances out. And by no means, this isn't here to say, well, you can avoid the judgment seat of Christ, the final judgment. We're going to talk about that in two weeks, just to let you know. It's not saying that. He's saying, if you think about before you act that, you know, God's going to use on you what you're using on others, perhaps you'll be like, well, maybe I should be nicer. Yeah, good idea. Perhaps I should be more gracious. Yeah, great idea. The idea is to remind us that if God used that same skill on us, well, we wouldn't favor very well. Look at this. He says, what are your motives anyways? Verse 3. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? First, who would even see a speck of sawdust in someone's eye? Not unless you were looking pretty hard to find something wrong, Right? That's why it's being overly critical. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank? This word is used for the beam that holds the roof or the floor up, the main joist. Why do you pay no attention to the oak tree in your own eye? And you're paying attention to that little speck of of sawdust in theirs? It's comical. That is, who would do that? In fact, you'd be too blind to see anything. If you had a plank in your own eye, you'd be too blind to see anything. The idea is maybe you're not seeing clearly. Look at verse 4. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You're trying to fix and want to help everybody else, but yet there's a big thing going on in your life. See, Jesus, what he's saying is first take a look what? Inward. Pay attention to what's going on with you first. If you want to try to help people, which we are called, you'll see in a second, to help people out of their stuff, first look inward. Because if I understand that I'm a sinner saved by grace, if I understand that I've had sin problems, if I understand that I haven't been perfect my whole life, when I go to help you or encourage you to to maybe walk a little better closer to Jesus or or walk a little bit closer in line with Scripture, I'm going to do it full of grace because I know where I've been. When I haven't paid attention that I'm a sinner saved by grace, I can easily just be judgmental on everybody else. And Jesus says, no, look inward first. See, I heard a, I read a great story this week. I'm going to try to get this right. It was about a missionary from America who went to South Africa to serve fellow Christians and to reach people for Christ. And you know what missionaries do. Well, one of his friends, the missionary from America, one of his local friends from Africa, had been saving up many years to buy a handheld radio. We take for granted a lot here, don't we? 
He was saving up years to bear this handheld radio. When he finally brought it home to the village, he showed everyone the new radio and was proud of it. The entire town was simply amazed and his friends would gather together to come listen to the radio all night long. And they celebrated his new treasure. The next day, his neighbor came to see the radio and asked if he could take it home to show his family. The missionary's friend said, sure, let him take it home. The man agreed without hesitation. After several days, the missionary noticed that his friend still didn't have the radio. The neighbor kept it, in fact, for about a month. Eventually, the neighbor brought it back to the, to the missionary's friend and handed it to him. And the missionary's friend took the radio and turned it on and off and realized that it had been broken. It was obvious by the way the radio looked. It had been mistreated and the guy didn't take care of it. The missionary expected the man to be angry and aggravated, ready to tell him off. Confused. Because the man just took the radio and took it back home. The missionary was confused. He said, why don't you confront your neighbor? He ruined your radio, something you saved for many years to buy. His friend, astonished by the missionary's complaint, simply said, my neighbor is more important than this little radio. See, the missionary was quick to point out what this other man needed to do. Well, you need to confront him. But he missed the fact of his own sin, the very large plank in his eye of ignoring Jesus' primary command to love God and love others. See, never forget, people are more important than the thing they broke, than that boyfriend they stole, that book they ruined, that comment they made, that business that tanked, or that deal they backed out of. I mean, people are more important than our stuff and our money. And what Jesus is getting at is that critical attitude, that critical spirit, always ready to make adverse comments, already to belittle people, to hurt people, to say negative things about people. There's a good chance you're just going to reveal your sin in that. For instance, here's some statements I hear that reveal your heart. I don't know of anybody here that necessarily saying them. I'm just going to throw them out there. When someone says something like this, I don't like the worship, they're not doing it right. Do you know to us, to me, you are revealing you have a heart problem when it comes to worship? What you think you were doing is pointing out what other people are doing wrong, but you're truly exposing your own issues of worship in your heart. In fact, you're going to have a quite miserable time in heaven when I'm pretty sure the music in heaven is not going to be based on our personal preference. What do you think? You think God's going to turn to you at everyone and go, hey, what's next? You got it? No? It's not going to work that way. Or how about this? You say, well, I don't like change. You're revealing that God hasn't been working in your life in a while. You've become stagnant in your spiritual life. How do I know this? Because none of us are Christ. We all must work to change to become more like Christ. And according to scriptures, which is all I, which, how, how I learned about God, every time God moves, people change. But also we get to see the response. For instance, when God pulled Israel out of slavery, what's the first thing they started doing? Complaining. Well, it's easier back being a slave. I want to go back there. Jesus came to his own people. God himself, God in flesh, came to his own people, walked among them. What did they do to him? 
killed them because they didn't like what he was saying. Being a Christian is a change. It's God moving and speaking in your life. If God is absent, it becomes stagnant and stale. So Jesus is telling you, he's telling me to look at a hard look at ourselves because we all have plenty to work on before we need to worry about what other people are doing. He says this, verse 5. He says, you hypocrite. First take a plank out of your own eye and then you will be see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So he says, look inward. Before you go to help, which we are to help. I mean, we should help our neighbors remove specks from their eye. We should help our brothers and sisters in Christ grow in Christ. I mean, we absolutely should. But before we do that, we must first look inward. But a hypocrite, in this context, a hypocrite is someone who's not willing to look at themselves before they look at other people. A hypocrite just wants to expose all of your issues and just not worry about my own. And real quick, if spouses would work on this, being overcritical of the other one, took an inward first, we'd have much better Christian marriages. We focused inward first. So we learn that, listen, Jesus is not, Jesus is not simply saying, don't make judgments. No. He's telling to get rid of us our judgmental, critical attitudes. Always trying to find faults and point out what other people are doing wrong. Because exercising judgment can be great for the right motives. I can help people out of sin. I can help people live a better life. It can hold me accountable. But having a judgmental attitude, critical attitude, that's just a negative character trait. So here's what I think happened. I think after Jesus said this, this is not in the Bible. I need to be clear. This next part is not in the Bible, okay? Here's what I think happened. Jesus went over this verse. He was preaching. And I think someone in the crowd said or thought, because remember, he reads minds and hearts, and so you never needed to think anything around Jesus or he'd just call you out. Yep. And so I think they thought, okay, I got it. Don't have a judgmental attitude. This makes perfect sense, Jesus. We're saved by grace. I need to deal with my stuff first. I get it. He said, but what if they won't listen to me? My neighbor, the way they're living, I think I'm just going to go over there and tell them, Jesus. In fact, I was thinking about getting some picket signs. I was thinking about boycotting some stuff. I mean, Jesus, what do you think? How can I make people do what I want them to do? Because I have the truth. And I think this is what he says. This next part is in the Bible. This is a real verse in the Bible. I just filled in the why is it there part. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. And I'm very confident nobody asked him a question after this statement. You see, because dogs and pigs are both considered unclean. They're unclean animals. What is sacred are the things of God, what is holy. And pearls are extremely valuable. And so Jesus is saying, don't take what is valuable, don't take what is holy, and throw it to the unclean. You say, what does it mean? More than likely, unclean is referring to people, dogs and pigs, or people who are rejecting the gospel, who are adamantly not wanting to follow Christ and his teachings. 
Weber says, Jesus was teaching people to use discernment when sharing truth with others. Not only discernment about the gospel, just about how to be saved, but how to live like a Jesus follower. So we are, so he says not to judge, but then he's telling us to have discernment. You can't make people do something they don't want to do. And this is, is perfectly, when you think about the, the teachings of Jesus, remember he told his disciples to go from town to town, knock on doors, and if they reject it, what did he tell them to do? Shake the dust off their feet and keep on going. He's saying, you don't need to sit there and berate people. You don't need to sit there and make them believe. Listen, if they don't want to hear it, if they don't want to follow, just keep moving. Keep going. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't pray for them. This doesn't mean that we're not there for them. But he doesn't want us to ruin relationships that you could speak into later. You ever had someone be trying to be way too pushy for something that you weren't ready for? And if they'd have just gave you time to fail and mess up, you would have been loved to open to hear their something. That was my story. Just wait till I mess up, then I need some help, but I'm good right now. So Jesus is saying, listen, if people don't want to hear it, if they're not sure, just move on. You can't make them believe and you can't make them follow. He's saying, don't ruin the relationship. Don't try to beat them up. Don't try to force them. Don't try to make them do anything. Just move on. And so our probing question for today is this. How do you want God to judge you? Pretty simple. And before you say, well, I want God to judge me fairly, I just need to remind you, no, you don't. What measure do you want God to use on you? Do you want him to listen? Well, perhaps you should listen. Do you want him to understand your situation? Perhaps you should listen to other people's situation. Do you want him to show you grace in your mess? Well, perhaps you should show grace to other people in the mess. Do you want him to forgive you? Then perhaps you should forgive other people. And so what I ask you for this week, this is going to be super fun. Try it with me. Just try it. Try it for a week. Six days, seven days, six, six. How about five? Five days. Try not to judge. You're like, okay, you're right. All right, so what I'm really asking you to do is when you do judge... It happens. See if there's not actually something going on in you. Because what I found to be true, what I like to point out in others is really what? My issue. Don't tell anybody. So just try this. Next time you are ready to pass a judgment, because the reason it's in here is because we all do it. Jesus is saying, don't do it. You're like, okay, we got it. We're going to try our best. And so this week, when you are making those statements or you are being critical or you are, just say, hey, I wonder if that's really something going on in my heart. Or maybe you could use that opportunity at a time to pray and say, God, listen, I'm really bad at this. Forgive me. I, I know you don't want me criticizing people. You, I know you don't want me to do it. So, so God, forgive me. Forgive me. Because, listen, guys, the world is messy. You know that. People's lives are messy. By its own definition, a mess isn't clean. And messes are complicated. But Jesus calls you and I to go into these messes, to be the people of God, to, to help show them God's love and us to experience it as well. And it's going to take discernment, and it's going to take wisdom, and it's going to be hard, and we're not always going to get it right. But we still want to go towards the mess. We still want to help people know Jesus. We want to grow in Jesus. So we want to help them get out of it, and it's going to be complicated, but what we clearly see Jesus is not saying Jesus is not saying there's no such thing as sin. Sin is sin. 
And we're going to talk more about next week how we can help our brothers and sisters in Christ when they are caught in sin. We're going to spend all next week on it. But you see, from today, we should help them get through it. So when you do judge, just ask yourself, am I being overly critical because there's something going on in my life? Is this really about me more than it is about them?